Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about SEO data from Google Analytics and Search, Con Search Console. And you know, it's interesting because I love all these tools. I use them uh, daily, uh, almost every single day because they provide a lot of free information that all marketers are must have. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Gert Malak. How are you? Hi, Anatoly. I'm, I'm great. Thank you for having me here. Uh, for me, it's a big pleasure, especially when someone shares information about Google uh, Analytics, uh, because it's a hard tool. It's not simple. It takes time to learn, uh, to analyze all features. In most cases, uh, many marketers pro uh, just analyze traffic, you know, but we can get a lot more data. Before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about ACI data with Google Analytics and Search Console. Awesome. Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Gerd Melak. I'm originally from Austria and uh, Europe. Uh, based in Madrid in Spain. I've been doing SEO for more than about 20 years. I still remember that I had to actually Google SEO to know what it meant 20 years ago, which was funny. Um, really was was more focused on the technical side of things back then, doing a lot of programming work for e-commerce sites. It's been 15, 16 years uh, with e-commerce sites, but always doing SEO on the side until we at some point created the brand SEO Leverage. And with an agency now of almost 30 people focus exclusively on search marketing. So this mm -hmm. is pretty much what brought us to this place. And this is also where we got a lot of experience um, with clients not being able to leverage the data they have at hand for free, as you're saying, um, in a way that actually makes sense for the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. You know, uh, I remember when I started my SEO journey, uh, that was like 12 years ago. Uh, I didn't know anything about SEO. Probably I used your methods to search on Google what SEO means. Uh, and, uh, uh, and at that time, I didn't consider data a lot because competition was low. So uh, I uh, set up uh, paid marketing. Uh, I think the, the, my methods were like to buy more backlinks that competitors have, uh, to create content for uh, search engines. That worked well, you know, I got mm -hmm. traffic, but things changed many times. <laughs> Google uh, changed the game, and today it's important to know data. Can you tell more about Google Analytics? Uh, it's not like Google Analytics, it's Universal Analytics, and, uh, and we have a new one, uh, uh, GA4. Can you tell more uh, how to start learning about this tool? Because uh, I see many webmasters still ignore it, but we have some special deadline. Tell more about this deadline and why it's important today to start learning about this tool. So um, I think, first of all, we need to, to know if it's really necessary to dive into Google Analytics. So what we have done, for example, for our clients, our clients at SEO Leverage have a dashboard where we extract the most important things they need from Google Analytics automatically and present them to them in an actionable format. And what this does is it takes away a lot of the complexity people deal with. If anybody has opened up Google Analytics, Universal or, or TA4, <laughs> I think is not making things easier. Um, they know it's it's overwhelming, right? It's like me opening, opening up the, or checking out the engine of my car. 
I really have no idea where to start, where, to, where I should touch, where I should not touch to break anything. Uh, this is, I think, the kind of the feeling people get when they open up Google Analytics. So first of all, if you're the business owner, I believe it's not necessary to know the ins and outs of Google Analytics, but you want to have some sort of dashboard, some someone preparing the data for you so you can draw the conclusions. If you're a more technical profile uh, developer or marketer, etc., obviously Google Analytics is one of the main tools you absolutely need to know. There are tons of tutorials out there that uh, walk you through. I personally like to work with a mission in mind. So if I say, okay, I want to know where people come into my site. And until I have researched and found out how I can break this down by channel or by segment or whatever it is, I'm not going to stop, right? So I always try to give myself a little bit of a project in order to know a new tool and learn a new tool and, and try to figure things out. What is, I think, important is that people understand the underlying principle of how Google Analytics works. So there's a code on every, on every page. And whenever somebody opens up a page, this code tells Google Analytics, hi, I'm here. So somebody clicks on a contact page, the code inserted on the contact page tells the platform at Google Analytics, hi, I'm here. The good thing that we have here is that Google Analytics is able to track a user across different pages. So we know that the user that just said hi on the contact page is now saying hi on the product page. And we know this user, the first page this user saw was a specific blog post, for example which is a very valuable information then for SEO or search marketing in general. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember once uh, one of my uh, speakers on podcast uh, shared information uh, when a website lost traffic, uh, 400,000 traffic, a lot. Uh, and uh, Google disrank some uh, simple tools on this website, but it's interesting, uh, uh, this website didn't uh, lose any sales. So mm -hmm. they got like a lot of traffic, but they couldn't monetize this traffic uh, or probably it's useless, uh, not related to products. I don't know. Uh, can you tell how to, uh, for example, if I check out Google Analytics, how do I know this traffic can sell? How to unite with my sales and check out, okay, that's good traffic. I need to keep working on that mm -hmm. or it's better to skip it, forget. Uh, so your insights about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, very important. First of all, make sure that you have set up your conversion tracking properly. Conversion tracking means that we tell Google Analytics what we want from them. So if I have an ebook, I want people to download. And after they download the ebook, they come to a page as a thank you for downloading or something like that. Um, we want to tell Google that whoever lands on this thank you page, as we call it, is a conversion. And then Google is, is able to track how um, people are going to, how many people from 100 people that come in, how many are going to land on this page? This is what we call the conversion then. If this is an e-commerce site, most e-commerce sites, uh, platforms like be it, uh, Shopify, BigCommerce or whatever it is, WooCommerce is integrating directly with Google Analytics. So there is a specific section about e-commerce that tells you um, if this makes sales. And then there is a way to match the landing pages in Google Analytics to the actual conversions that are going to tell you where do people come in that actually convert from a landing page point of view. But then you can also uh, need to understand Google Analytics um, right off the bat doesn't doesn't segment which traffic comes through social media, so which traffic comes from Google searches, etc. So you can break the traffic data down by the individual segment. So you actually can look at only what is the social media traffic doing, for example, or only what is the organic traffic, the traffic that's coming from non-paid 
searches doing on your website? How do they behave? What kind of conversions do they trigger? So you can actually break down all your conversions or also the sales based on Google Analytics by where they come from, where they are generated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you tell uh, some untaped uh, features on Google Analytics? Because uh, I, I see when the masters just open traffic, check out, analyze it, but we have many other great features on Google Analytics. Uh, from your experience, uh, what kind of features we have? It's better to consider them, analyze them. I think conversion tracking is very powerful. So one thing, for example, that we really like to do is we track so-called soft conversions. So soft conversion would be um, something that indicates that this is an engaged user versus somebody who just checked out an article and, and then went away. So we have a lot of clients that have a long buyer cycle, customer journey, um, and it might not happen on the first in the first moment, for example, that somebody down, directly downloads something, requests a proposal or something like this. But this doesn't mean there couldn't be a hint that this visit was valuable so what we do usually in seo leverage is that we set up soft conversions for clients and say look if everybody comes to your website and now they click on download catalog or they click on the contact page they do something on this page that we can track where we say okay this is a user that's that's more interested in your services or where you're located and your pricing etc than an average user just checking out your information we also want to track this as conversions. And there, mm-hmm. Google Analytics specifically has an event tracking we can use and send so-called events to Google Analytics, which ultimately are just parts of information, pieces of information we send to Google Analytics and say, hey, this is something that happened. And then based on the tracking setup, we can then define how we want to use this data moving forward and how we can combine it with the overall SEO strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, valuable. Uh Let's talk about, uh, uh, for example, we have uh, Google Search Console, Google Analytics, Universal Analytics, mm-hmm. GA4. Uh, but when I check out, I see different traffic from uh, all these tools. Can you tell uh, why we have uh, this uh, discrepancy between tools and uh, yeah, what kind of traffic we need to consider? If we, you know, if we we get like on Google Search Console one traffic, on uh, Google Analytics another one, on uh, Universal Analytics uh, third one. Yeah, w- what to consider? <laughs> Yeah, you probably, it's definitely, I think, valuable to consider different data sources, but it's important to know where the data comes from in order to analyze it. So Google Search Console, for example, has no idea what happens after after the click on a search result. Google Search Console only shows you the Google part. So you can have a blank page temporarily, for example, and everybody lands on a blank page because your website is down. Uh, Google Search Console is still getting, going to give you the number of clicks because they just track the clicks that happen on the different search results okay so everything inside google is going to be showing in google search console whereas mm-hmm. people coming to your page this is actually where google analytics starts because we have this tracking code saying hi this user now is on the home page this user now is on the contact page we have some details about this user we know where they come from etc so this is where we can uh, then see this kind of traffic important that this code google from google analytics is the so-called javascript code and there are a lot of ad blockers out there and plugins, et cetera, that might interfere with this code. So only a fraction of the of the actual traffic is going to come to Google Analytics. This is for a start. And then there is also a differentiation between sessions and users where Google might count a user twice if they, for example, are on your 
on your website. They go grab a coffee and get some lunch, continue browsing on your website. I keep forgetting the exact time they, they have separating those um, visits into different sessions. But it might be just that you get a lot of sessions, meaning a lot of people leave your page maybe open and visit it later again. And it seems like you have a lot of traffic, but only a fraction of those might be actually users. Mm -hmm. nice nice people love it uh i actually love it so i think it's valuable okay uh let's talk about uh google search console can you tell more about this tool uh what kind of benefits this tool has because for me it's my loving tool yeah i love search console more than any other tools and mm -hmm. i still don't understand why marketers use uh page tools to analyze uh, ranking positions uh, seo traffic uh, even uh, even uh, check out technical errors because it's better to fix technical errors on google search console because google considers them then you can analyze with other tools. Just tell more about Google Search Console, why, why this tool is uh, good or not from your opinion. Okay, so so someone paying thousands on, on paid tools, I'm not going to say uh, Search Console is enough. Uh, Search Console is just a web, I mean, this was used, used to be called Webmaster Portal. This probably dates me here on the, on the call, uh, this certain age. Uh, Webmaster Tools, we called them, and I think it had quite a few names over the, over the years. We do this, get access to this search console when we can authenticate ourselves as, as users that have certain permissions on this website. Okay, so not everybody can check out Google Search Console for everybody's website. You need to have some sort of authority and permissions to confirm that you have you are allowed to access this data and depending on the rights, have permissions even to do a few settings, right? This is essentially the, the settings panel Google has for a website. Uh, so, for example, we can go to Google Search Console and ask a request from Google to no index an entire directory from, from the index, just to make sure that we clean up the index, for example, if we don't want to have a blog anymore and we don't want to be associated with the content of a certain category in the blog, we can just get rid of it very, very quickly. So this is a, definitely a powerful tool. A lot of people are not leveraging it enough. I totally agree. But it's definitely only for us as authorized, uh, um, authorized users on this project. So I can't use it for competitive uh, research, really. For competitive research, I do need to rely on paid tools that give me an estimation. So what I usually um, tell my clients is that imagine somebody has an, an assistant typing every single combination of words from a dictionary into Google and taking note of what kind of pages come up. This is the kind of data you're ultimately going to see on a paid tool. So they don't have direct access to Google, which is some, what some, sometimes clients think. Uh, they just do their own research. And when I see a certain page coming up for a certain keyword, I can take note of it and then um, do my math to estimate how much traffic this site might get, what kind of keywords they rank for, what kind of keywords one site comes up and the other one never comes up. So this, there, are, there are millions going into these algorithms and they are really, really valuable tools. But when it comes to your site, I totally agree. We first also start with Google Search Console. So those are the issues. If there are technical issues, those are issues Google has taken note of and is, going, is telling you, look, this is an issue, right? Versus if you start with paid tools, you might be fixing things for weeks 
that Google hasn't even discovered or really has a big problem with it. Google Search Console should be the first start. Doesn't mean there is not more you can optimize on a website, but especially when it comes to errors, you definitely want to fix those first that Google already is pointing you towards to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Um, I remember one, uh, once Bill Gates uh, shared his methods of selling products. For example, uh, when he has products A and product B, and uh, after investing X amount of money to product A <clears throat> and product B, uh, if product B sells two times more, after that, he uh, in uh, the next time, uh, he uh, invests uh, double X to product B and ignores product A because he can earn a lot more with product B. But I still see when marketers just share the budget for all categories, products, and uh, Google ads, uh, or I don't know, any other channels can distribute, decide uh, how to use this budget. Can you tell how to get the right data on uh, Google Analytics and know exactly uh, your best-selling products or products that will bring more revenue, income uh, compared to others? and to share the right budget, I mean, like uh, to prioritize the budget with uh, best-selling products. I think there are a few things right, right now coming up for me here. So first of all, um, I'm personally not a fan of shutting down the channel that works not that well as the first one. I'm rather trying to build a building with a lot of pillars below it in the foundation, right? So one of those pillars is SEO. One of those pillars is going to be social media. One of those pillars is going to be paid ads or YouTube ads or Facebook or whatever, TikTok, wherever you want to run your ads and get the traffic from. And there might be a pillar that's referral traffic, etc. So these are just traffic channels that can lead people to your website. And Google Analytics can help you to, with the conversion tracking setup, with the e-commerce tracking setup, to figure out what kind of uh, conversions are you getting and how much actually a conversion is for you in, in order to figure out the return on investment. So for me, it's not about picking the channel that gets me the, the most conversions or the cheapest conversions. For me, it's a matter of how can I bring up my, down my cost per conversion in a sense, in a way that I can leverage different people at different times on different platforms. So it's one, one thing that I say, okay, SEO brings in the cheapest conversions. Let's shut up everything else down because SEO very often is the cheapest channel converting, uh, bringing quality clients. But this also means that tomorrow if a ranking drops, I'm out of conversion. So I'm, I'm rather trying to build a, a sustainable building, so to speak. See, SEO is an important part of the journey, but definitely not the only channel people should be building their marketing mix on. And then with Google Analytics, with the conversion tracking setup, it's very easy to uh, break things down by channels and see what comes in, how do those channels convert, and what, and, and then draw, draw, draw the conclusions. So E-commerce tracking allows you to sell, see the top sellers. You can see how long it takes people to make a purchase decision, where they drop off, etc. There is a lot of data. You can really get lost in a rabbit hole there. And I can I remember quite a few weekends. Uh, inside Google Analytics where other people might go to the park or mm -hmm. to the movies. And I spent my weekend inside Google Analytics. You always want to have a goal, I think, when you open up Analytics or Search Console, what's my goal, right? My goal is to figure out how people engage with this product. My goal is to figure out how which channel works better. My goal is to figure out how I can track 
user behavior. You want to have a goal when you go in there. It's like going to a trade show. If you go to a trade show or a conference, you really want to have a goal and, and then you're going to be able to, to take advantage. If you just open up Google Analytics because you think you should know what's going on on your website, it's probably not going to be enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I agree with that. But, you know, uh, it always depends uh, because uh, we have different benchmark and especially when you have limited resources. So I can't invest to all channels uh, because uh, resources are limited. I remember, for example, in 2020, uh, when I decided to grow all my social media, I spent uh, my time on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, even TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. And uh, the best results were like a uh, hundred views, uh, a few followers, five followers, 10 followers, not more. Uh, then I switched all my attention to LinkedIn and got much better results, uh, could grow my audience uh, because of paying attention to one specific channel. I understand that uh, it's better to use multi-channel approach um, because LinkedIn can change uh, algorithms. That's okay. Uh, it's up to them. But I mean, when you have limited resources, uh, so I can't invest more than, uh, uh, let's imagine, 10K. Uh, so I, I can consider or SEO or pay-per-click uh, or any other channel. And uh, I see when companies invest uh, this money to uh, almost all products on their websites. Uh, that's why I uh, ask you, you know, how to find uh, products when you have limited resources uh, to find uh, on Google Analytics the best products where to invest. Uh, and, you know, um, I see even in my team this problem when I tell uh, my team, please promote uh, my podcast episodes. And uh, they uh, share the budget everywhere, but some podcast episodes provide much better results. So uh, I understand that I can force people, please uh, watch or listen this episode. But if it's not interested, it's boring, that's okay. You know, it's life, what we can do. Is just. But uh, when uh, someone wants to listen to other episodes, it's better to invest uh, this money budget to get more viewers, listeners to this episode. We get a lot more subscribers. Uh, that's why I'm asking about limited resources. When we have limited resources, it, how to choose priorities? Yeah. It, it ultimately, it absolutely depends on the goal, right? So yeah. maybe 50 viewers are much better than 500 viewers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? So so it's not that easy. It's not that simple to to just extrapolate and say okay, this is I, I spent $100 there and I got 50 and I spent yeah, I spent 50 and I got 500 on this other episode. Maybe you you have the wrong listeners, right? Unless you have yeah. a conversion that actually would indicate at least something still in, an opt-in with an email address isn't a sale. So until people get their credit card and and pay you a dollar for something you still have no validation of this offer you still have no validation of if you're bringing in the right kind of client and then it yeah. sales cycle we get people who have been following me for two years and then suddenly reach out hey now i just purchased the website let's let's do an, an audit or, or let's get some services going etc so it's really really um difficult i i agree if you have limited resources you need to make tough decisions but this also mm -hmm. means that um if you just start with one channel, you can't do all of them. You still need to have a theory first, which one you pick, right? So if I, <laughs> if I don't believe my audience is on LinkedIn, I'm not going to start with LinkedIn, right? And the first, the first months, you're going to buy data. You're going to buy data. You're going to have a goal in mind and say, look, 
I'm going to go all in in social media. My goal is that people see me on social media and then download my stuff on my website because this would be some sort of validation that what I'm putting out there is leading me somewhere. If my goal is followers, it's a vanity metric. It's a vanity metric. Yeah. Not, we have people with 2 million followers not selling 10 t-shirts. Um, it's a vanity metric, right? So we really yeah. want to know when I'm not, not a social media expert, but have to, been doing my fair share of tests as well. And, mm -hmm. and we really want to be careful what we measure against because it might be just those videos with 36 uh, viewers might be just the 36 that really resonate with you and that might be wanting to come, become clients soon if you just continue with your uh, strategy that you had for this video. But the budget might go elsewhere. So we, we really, from day one, Really, in my agency, I think we are very focused on getting a conversion out of any of everything that happens in order to have something to measure and not get um, really hung up with number of sessions or organic traffic. And you have branded and non-branded traffic and you still don't know uh, if you just take this organic sessions, if this is good SEO or bad SEO, etc. You really want to make sure you know where, where the data comes from, get this set up once really in an appropriate way and explain to you so you know what you're looking at. And moving forward, can track this against what you're doing, can track the progress against what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Of course, of course, uh, uh, followers, uh, likes, comments, uh, these metrics don't sell. Uh, so even if you get a million views uh, without sales, I don't know. It's better for me to have uh, five views and to sell product than <laughs> to get this million views without anything. So, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, let's talk about uh, common mistakes. Can you list common mistakes that webmasters still do on Google Search Console? Analytics, probably to install them or analyze data from your experience. What kind of mistakes we have and your tips how to find a much better way? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Google Search Console, many people come to us and haven't seen Google Search Console in, in a few years. So because they might have been growing with other channels, for example, and now they want to take up SEO again and say, yeah, I don't even know who has the credentials. Uh, just make sure that you have Google Analytics, uh, Google Search Console there. Um, maybe take a look, have someone who understands it on your team, take a look once in a while and, and have an, a little bit of a feeling what's going on there, get get emails sent to you if there is an, any, any error, Google is going to send you an email if there's anything happening with your site, etc. I think it's good practice to just have this set up and make sure that either you or someone you trust is checking this out on a regular basis on your behalf to make sure you know what's going on there. For Google Analytics, I believe the biggest mistakes we see is that conversions are either not set up at all. So we see very successful seven-figure businesses not having set up their Google Analytics conversions correctly, which is really interesting. Uh, we have very often smaller, small local companies we, we work with have much better conversion set up than seven-figure international corporations. So I think the first thing is definitely uh, tracking those conversions and the, and then having a, a rhythm. So everything in digital marketing for me needs to go in a rhythm. We have this in SEO leverage. We have this bi-weekly rhythm. Every couple of weeks, we try to reassess what's happening. It's a fast-moving space, digital marketing. Every couple of weeks, we want to reassess where are we, where is the competition, uh, what can we do better, etc. This has been working well for, for our clients. And this is also something where you want to then check out the data that you have collected. So just having Google Analytics sit there is not going to do anything. 
unless you draw conclusions out of this data that actually get then implemented on your website or in your marketing strategy, nothing is going to happen. So the data is, is really nice and good and, and fun to look at, but you need someone who actually lines this up in particular steps that you can then take and say, okay, now we know that this channel underperforms. Let's do this. We know SEO traffic comes mostly to this article that never converts. What can we do? You have SEO traffic coming, uh, never coming to the article that brings the most conversions. What can we do? So you really need those action steps in order to make sure that you leverage the data that's available and leverage the growth potential ultimately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable. Uh, uh, let me read something from your profile on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, I audit your website lay out the best high impact strategy and make sure you and your team follow through on each to get the desired result for small businesses i offer ongoing private coaching and training let's talk about that uh, you know um, i remember one tweet uh, that was uh, paul uh, and uh, asios uh, uh, share that their customers usually perform like 40 percent of their uh, tips recommendations and most of them ignored and you share on your uh, LinkedIn that you can help with coaching, training, and to provide audit. Can you tell how to explain in the right way to your customers that it's important to uh, consider data, to fix something there, and go ahead? Because uh, I, I I have this issue, you know, uh, I'm trying my best, you know, to tell customers. Sometimes even, you know, I simplify uh, audit because I know if I submit a lot of tips most of them ignore so it's better to uh, share just uh, critical so it, it depends on customers but tell from your experience how to train and explain that it's important to consider audit and uh, any tips how do you provide it mm -hmm. um, i think our methodology came from a lot of calls we had where people come from agencies they have been working with for five years and they said, look, I, I was paying this agency for five years, monthly retainer. Uh, they did some things. Um, now we are even ranking worse than we were five years ago. So five years ago, whatever they did was working. Now it's not working anymore. We still pay this agency. And the first question I usually ask is, yeah, what has been done in terms of SEO? And I would say 95 out of 100 clients have no idea. So from from this, from the, they just they just stick money into a black box right and pray and say okay they probably hopefully they know what they're doing people have no idea about the risk of doing things wrong in seo but they still stick money into a black box and expect miracles so this was when i just when i i had these calls all the time i just said look we're going to do things differently so first of all we have built this tool that gives 100 percent transparency about what is happening right now we know where do people come in, what is, how do they convert. And this is very easy for clients to understand, even if they have never seen Google Analytics, they're going to log into our tool and say, okay, this is where they come in. This is what how they convert. The second thing is that every single suggestion we line those up in our platform, like a task list, right? But every, every single task list has a field that says why. Okay, so if I ask a client to rewrite an article, there's going to be a little box that says why. Because our research has shown that this and this and this needs to be in place and correlates very well with top ranking websites. So clients, in our case, first of all, they only get a handful of things to do every couple of weeks. 
they don't get massive uh, a massive list like from, a, from an audit we hardly do audits anymore to be honest because it's like you say overwhelming i rather break things down and say look this is the highest impact thing i believe you should be focusing on let's focus on these four these four or five tasks and then in a couple of weeks we check out and line up the next things but we we break this down we make sure that in the team we have multiple people then a little bit argue against and what are the, the three, four things we really think are going to have the highest impact moving forward. But then we really make sure that those are well explained. We explain them on the platform. We record a video explaining them on a video, giving more context, showing examples, how what does this look like, etc. So we invest a lot of time and effort into making sure that when those suggestions go to the client and their team, they have everything we believe they need in order to first understand why is this important. And second, implement it. And then our app also allows them to track how much this is working better afterwards. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, so nice. we combine essentially the, 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 the tip, the explanation why this is so important for them, why this is one really something we want them to focus on. And then they can track once they have done this, is this how much better am I off? I just had a, a call with a client and they have, we asked them to create 20 different articles, which was quite an effort for them over the last few months. But now we can show them in the app, look, this is all these are conversions are coming in because you had your team create those 20 articles and, and link correctly and structure your site correctly. Now you're getting all these conversions already and we have just started to see some good rankings for this. So this is going up and this is how clients really become um, or get some confidence in the process, especially if they come from a black box agency, as they like to call them really, where they had no idea. Suddenly they have full transparency, they know the data, they see this is working and heading in the right direction. And then on top of this, we never we never have any long-term commitments like other agencies, like black box agencies usually have an annual commitment or something like this. We never did something like that because I never wanted to keep somebody around who didn't understand the value of what we're providing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Uh, I'm interested about, uh, you, you mentioned uh, you can tell clients about updating 20 articles. And uh, I have the same client, he wrote uh, more than uh, 300 articles uh, many years ago. Uh, uh, he got traffic, but today it's not. Uh, mm -hmm. Most of these articles are obsolete. So yeah. it takes time to rewrite them, to update. And uh, of course, it takes re new resources to invest on that uh, because um, writers who wrote this article uh, don't work anymore on this company. So we need to find uh, uh, new writers. And it's interesting that, um, you know, um, it takes time and resources. Mm -hmm. uh, one more time. We have limited resources. Uh, it's hard to write today 300 articles, even if you have a big team of writers, editors, uh, designers. Yeah, it's really hard because uh, it takes time to research. And if something worked uh, many years ago, today it didn't work like this. Mm -hmm. So uh, we need to provide more sophisticated, unique information. Uh, can you tell what to do at that point? For example, uh, you tell clients, okay, uh, rewrite 20 articles, but uh, if your client uh, has two copywriters who can write like uh, three, five articles a month, so uh, what to do with the next? So we need to leave them on website and wait when we, we have resources to update them or it's better to remove them or uh, I don't know, to use redirect or any suggestion when you can't fix all articles that we have. What we like to do, and I think it's a very good question, we get this all the time. So every second client that comes in at least has 
a lot of other a lot of articles that used to rank well and don't anymore because now we have more competition now we want user experience now we want to browse this on a mobile phone and a lot of other things um all articles are never equally important okay and this is really really important we had a client come in with i think eight nine hundred articles written over eight years and I had the client go through them because I'm not an industry expert. It's hard for me, right? And I sometimes need input from the client. So I had them go through every single one and we created a spreadsheet for them. And I said, look, let me know what these articles answer that somebody might type into a search engine. And this was a really important exercise for this client because the work of eight years, they came back and said, you can throw it all the way. It's not worth anything for SEO. And we don't use it on social media anymore. So just hit the delete button and the work of, of eight years can be deleted. And this is not an easy pill to swallow, right? So first, the first thing we really do is we audit and we sometimes need input from a client. We audit uh, the website's content, do a content audit as we call it, just list the content. This is how it performs in the last six months. This is the conversions that it drives, etc. And together with the client, really figure out what kind of focus can we put on it. We always need a focus item. I never can, not even the, the, the big funded startups can work on hundreds and hundreds of articles at the same time. They might be able to work on 20 in a week where others can work on 20 in, in a few months, but they still need to have a focus. So we try to help clients to figure out what is the focus. The focus on e-commerce sites very often is on on content that's more transactional, closer to a potential purchase, right? So if I'm an SEO agency, a query that says, what is SEO is for me not a transactional piece of content. Somebody typing in what is SEO is probably quite far away from hiring an SEO agency, but somebody looking for a specific site audit for a Shopify site, for example, and coming to our website is going to see that this could be something this agency can help me with. And it's closer to the potential next step, right? Same with a car um, in our automobile industry. If I'm looking for, if I type in Tesla, I might be just interested, right? Um, but if I type in Tesla plus a city name, I'm more interested. So those pages ranking for more interested terms are those that we want to optimize first. So we really, again, conversion focus, right? I have 300 articles. Not all 300 are going to be really circling around topics that are close to potential conversion. And this is where we would already have a first focus. The second focus could be where are those keywords? What kind of keywords are we ranking for and on which page? If I have a certain list of keywords that's ranking on the first pages somewhere on Google, this might be a good entry point if I expect conversions from those articles to start optimizing there. It would be what we call low-hanging fruits in SEO, where I say, okay, let's optimize for those that are ranking on page two, page three of Google already, and let's try to push them forward with an optimization. And when we get the revenue and the conversions in from those articles, we can then still decide what we do with the other 275 articles we haven't worked on just yet and see, does this process work? Very often we also run experiments and might pick samples of 10 and do something with them, present them differently, rewrite them, et cetera. Just see how Google on this website reacts to different ways of optimization to see if there is a pattern that certain things work much better than others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, I have the final question. Uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. 
what will you do today to learn more about Google Analytics, Search Console, and you can uh, share more about SEO, how to learn SEO? <laughs> Good question. Good question. It's been, a, it's been a while and I've gone through, through so much material. I'm a big fan of, of prepared courses for a start. So I, every, every piece of information is going to be on the internet, right? But it's very different when you get it prepared in a structured form where somebody picks you up where you are, which is at zero, like you say, and they slowly um, expose you to certain concepts, right? When we hire a trainee, we sometimes still hire trainees who have no prior SEO experience to train them up to, to help our consultants, etc. I start on a very low level with them and do personal one-on-one -on -one training with them and say, look, why is it important to rank high on Google? This is not something everybody can answer, right? So forget about SEO. Let's check out Google. Why is this so important to rank high? Why can't I rank on page two and be happy, right? So really start like on uh, at the basics. A lot of people want to jump into, especially in SEO, jump into, into buying links on, and I don't know what, on PBNs and all kinds of, of, really technical stuff but we don't have the basics right why do we do seo what what is a conversion is does this make sense actually to do seo in this in this industry or is this is seo not something that ultimately can provide a positive return on investment so i would probably try for seo specifically i would make sure that i have to make marketing basics right and really know why do we do seo and then slowly get to learn how google works how, what kind of things are important to Google. There's a lot of material from Moz, from SEMrush, from Ahrefs out there that are really, really good. But I would not rule out getting an, uh, um, a prepared course from a credible, credible source uh, just to really get into this topic. And then whatever I don't understand, I would, I would research. This is how I, I started years ago, right? There was a concept mm -hmm. I didn't understand, keyword cannibalization. What is this? Let's research. Now I find it. Now I understand it. Let's move on, right? And and still today, I'm reading material every every single day. And if there's a new methodology, I say, ah, interesting. Let's let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's see if there's a case study. Let's see if this was tested, right? Is this something that Google puts out, or is, has an SEO actually tested this, right? There's a lot of testing involved as well. With Google Analytics, I I think I would definitely make sure that I have a project to work on, not just learn Google Analytics for the sake of learning Google Analytics, but have a site that gets a little bit of traffic where I can really see data in action and I can compare, this is the site, this is the page, what, how can I find this page on analytics and how can I now uh, start drawing my conclusions and analyzing evolutions over time, compare year over year, compare the, the different trackings, e-commerce data, segments, channels, etc. But I think underlying everything here is like a foundational knowledge of, of digital marketing. How does this work? How does a website work? I don't need to be able to code HTML, but I should have heard it probably and know what it is. So there's a lot of things and it just requires a lot of time, a lot of research, I think, and a lot of exposure to like huge amounts of, of material. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. <clears throat> Gert, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. You share a lot of valuable insights. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Um, best just uh, head over to our agency page seoleverage.com and book a call usually calls I'm doing most of them so we get on a call check out the website check out what a potential action plan could look like see if this is a fit or at least uh, give you a few pieces of advice on where to 
way to move forward. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Uh, listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Welcome Thank you very much anytime. for having me. To share more valuable insights, guys, you need to follow Gert, you need to uh, open his uh, website and to book a call because you can see a lot of valuable insights. You can find much better way. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.